0: Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International and Compass Group International. And welcome to my brand new series called The International Investor. And this series is going to focus, obviously, primarily here in Thailand because that's what we specialize in. And you may have seen in the past for the last almost two decades, actually, let's just say because we've been in Thailand for the last eight years. So last, uh, let's just say about the last 12 to 13 years, we've been very heavily invested our time and our efforts in working in Latin America. Well, now we've made the change because we feel that Asia is really the place to be for any type of investors, specifically real estate investors. So today I'm going to give you kind of some highlights about this series. What can you expect? The very first thing too is I want to clear up and obviously give everyone Uh, A chance to really truly understand our two brands. So we have Compass Group International and Compass Group International is a real estate consulting firm and we were originally based out of Costa Rica. We started in 2002 and we've been doing the same exact thing since 2002, basically consulting for real estate developers and uh, real estate investors in Latin America. And then we have another brand, which is called Roadhouse International. So let me quickly explain what those two brands are and how they differ. So Compass Group International, as I mentioned earlier, is we're a real estate consulting firm. Working primarily with real estate developers that want to develop. It could be anywhere from a track of 15 homes that are ultra luxury to a track of 12,000 homes that are $50,000 condos. Whatever it may be, our team specializes in land acquisitions. So finding out exactly what you need and what country you want to be in, acquiring the land for you, helping you get it entitled. So putting all the permits in place by putting a team together. Then based on our research, give you suggestions as far as what to build. What does the public want? Because if you've not heard our podcast when we were previously on SoundCloud, we basically give the warnings to our developers in Latin America years before they realized that the baby boomers weren't coming. We talked about our podcast because so many Latin developers were making a tremendous mistake of continually marketing to baby boomers. But we told these developers years in advance saying, listen, you're spending all this money trying to lure baby boomers from North America, from the United States and Canada, and maybe parts of Europe and the UK, not realizing they're not coming. And these are the reasons why. Based on our research, we realize that baby boomers don't want to move out of the country because they don't want to be away from their grandkids. They don't want to be away from their kids. That's one big, huge, major concern. And also, baby boomers aren't as rich as you think. So building these half a million and two million dollar condos, they can't afford that. They don't have as much money as you think. But you should be building this. But obviously they didn't listen to us, and here they are, fast forward 2020. 100% of the developers that uh, we consulted for, 100% of their units are still available. They haven't sold a single thing. We know a developer uh, that, very well known developer in Central America, that's finished a whole project. These buildings are done. And they have been done for almost 10 years and are still empty. 99.9% of them are. The ones that purchased in there are just friends and family. So that's what we do at Compass. We consult for developers on major projects, little, medium, and large, whatever it may be. And we specialize in anywhere really in the world. Then Roadhouse International differs from Compass. What we what we do here at Roadhouse International is we really focus in one thing. We focus on anyone that's looking to move here to Thailand, whether it's by relocation, so you can be a retiree, it doesn't matter what age group you're a retiree, you can be a millennial, you can be a baby boomer, you can be a Gen Xer, it doesn't matter, but you're looking to retire here in Thailand. So we help you make that transition through our consulting services by basically Helping you make the transition, what to expect, educate you on our process, finding the properties for you, finding a car, opening bank accounts, getting a driver's license, uh, furnishing your homes, helping you with your immigration status, acquiring different type of visas for you through our, through our team. And part of that also is working with very affluent clients, and that's a large part of our business, working with affluent clients that want to move here to Thailand and relocate their luxury lifestyle from different parts of the world to here in Thailand. Because if you heard some of my podcasts, if you look at Compass Concierge, you will find that it doesn't matter how rich you are, is that coming here to Thailand, your money is going to go even further. So if you're worth five million dollars, well, Coming here, you'll be worth like tens of millions of dollars. If you have, uh, let's just say, $50 million, you come here, you'll be living like a billionaire. First of all, you have $5 million, your lifestyle here would be like living as if you had hundreds of millions of dollars. And there's no sacrifices. The luxury lifestyle actually here in Thailand is far outweighs, is far superior than any Western country that I have ever been to. And if you look at my background, part of my job is to travel throughout the world in looking for real estate for clientele. And I've been in every part of this world and also produced for House Hunters International for eight years. So I'm very well versed when it comes down to real estate outside the United States and also within the United States too. And also part of Roadhouse International, we have close to $2 billion in hotel listings. And that's what this podcast is primarily gonna be about. It's gonna be about investors. Why you want to come to Thailand and buy a whole floor of units because the market here is better. Your money's going to go further. So you're going to be able to buy more units. You're going to, able, you're going to be able to have a larger return, a monthly, let's just say, revenue because you're not paying high expenses of property taxes and association fees like you see in the States. I remember buying clients uh, or helping clients with uh, acquiring some real estate in the United States, but the association takes a large part, a large chunk of their monthly revenue. A one-bedroom condo in Las Vegas, the association due for that one-bedroom condo could be $700. That's a large chunk from a $1,500 rent. Or here, it's so different. Association fees are lower. You actually don't pay quarterly property taxes. You actually pay property taxes after you sell the property. And also, that's still nominal, still a fraction of what it is in the United States. And you get better tenants. I owned a lot, my family and I owned a lot of real estate in Orange County, California. And you, as investors and landlords, you know what you've been through by having bad tenants. Here in Thailand, being living here for almost ten years, I've never had a bad tenant. Never had a bad tenant, and you don't have laws that protect the tenants that are deadbeats. Or in the United States, or maybe and also maybe in the UK, where if someone is not paying rent, they can stay there even up to three months. Trying to evict them is so difficult. Well, you don't have those kind of problems here. First of all, you're gonna have better tenants. Because of the geographical locations and the buildings that we're buying for you. The majority of these tenants are going to be very affluent professionals that are working here in Thailand, whether it's a Japanese, um, someone from Japan that's working here, someone from the UK, someone from China, someone from Taiwan, Korea, and also local Thais. But our Focus is primarily buying in buildings that's going to appeal to these professionals. And these professionals are going to take care of your property. Then when it comes down to hotels, why do you want to buy a hotel in Thailand? You've may read some articles. Oh, and I've actually spoken to, uh, to clients because we're actually working on a few deals right now and doing a due diligence process. In a very, very early process of the calls, it's like, why why do I want to buy a hotel in Thailand? Well, because I'm reading the articles and Thailand is is still shut down. They may not even open until 2021. Why do I want to buy a property there? Because a large part of Thailand's GDP relies on tourism. My response to them is, you have to look at Thailand as a whole and the demographics, and the demographics of the Thai tourist or the tourists that come to Thailand, as opposed to tourists that go to the United States. So, let's look at Las Vegas as an example. Las Vegas, as I mentioned, MGM just laid off eighteen thousand employees, and soon other properties will start laying off people too. Because, to my knowledge, and based on friends that still live in Las Vegas. Uh, the Strip is like a ghost town. Nothing's open. So so why do people go to Las Vegas? Yes, they go to the Gamble, but Las Vegas has changed its theme over the last decade of Las Vegas being more than just a Gamble hotspot. It's a place where you come for world-class dining. It's a place where you come for world-class shows. It's a place where you come for the best pool parties in the world with the best DJs in the world. Well, those are all shut down. Where Cirque du Soleil... Almost went bankrupt. I think they're actually being bought out, but they're they're on the vert. They were on the verge of bankruptcy because they had to shut down all their shows on the strip and even all throughout parts of the world. And then the pool parties because of social distancing—they're all closed. Look at how many properties, even like Station Casinos, that bought the Palms, that did these huge renovations for these pools, just to shut it down. So you can't do that. Then. It may seem trivial, but also what is Las Vegas known for? World-class buffets, cheap buffets, and high-end buffets like the Bacchanal Buffet and Caesars. Buffets are closed. So where's the world-class dining? And a lot of these dining rooms are also shut down. So what's left for people to go to Las Vegas just to gamble? Well, there's not a big population of that because right now people don't have the money to gamble. Look at the amount of people that are fleeing California. Look at the amount of people that are fleeing New York. They're, they're running away from a property tax that's too high, and those cities are way, and those states are too expensive to live. And Las Vegas caters a large part to California tourists. So if they're not coming, then, then why buy a property in Las Vegas? Now let's look into the future. So I told my clients, it's like... Okay, so if you look at analysts, that the longer that a, a vaccine is not readily available, the longer it's going to take to get places like Las Vegas back to pre-pandemic stages. So back in like June, it was okay. Well, if you we get a vaccine, is this whole pandemic goes away magically disappears, then. We may look at maybe two years to get back to pre-pandemic stages. Now, analysts are predicting it's going to take four to five years to get back to pre-pandemic stages in North America, in the United States. Places like Las Vegas could be longer. Do you know why? Because look at the consumers. Consumers out of work. They've used all their savings On mortgage or rent, car payments, insurance, and food. And it's come down to what you've seen on the news almost daily of these food lines of individuals saying, I've never ever dreamed that I would have to, I would be here at this moment asking for free food. Or you see another individual saying, Well, the choices are. Pay for my mortgage or pay for my utilities to keep the lights on, keep the AC on, and put food on the table for my kids. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pay my mortgage because I want to feed my children. So now we're looking in the very near future of a massive eviction rate of people. Landlords are chomping at the bit for this. To kick out these tenants that have not been paying uh, their their rent for the last three to maybe five months, and now some cities are extending the memorandum so they can so they can't forcibly kick out these tenants. But how about those owners that own those properties? They have mortgage payments for that building for those for those homes they're renting out. How about them? Well, the PP was it the PPP or PP, whatever the, um, those loans came and gone. And this new one is supposed to come along, but it's still not here. So those small businesses are suffering. Those landlords are suffering. Then now look at all the mom and pop restaurants. They're all shutting down. Nobody's going out to eat. And we're seeing more and more larger organizations and corporations, old retail companies that are, and a verge of bankruptcy, or have filed for bankruptcy. So what does this mean for you as the investor, the hoteler, that wants to buy another property in the United States? When you buy a property, are you going to have the occupancy rate? No, you're not, because Americans are poor. That is just the down and dirty truth. Americans are poor. They are, they are leveraged in debt and they have no other money to their name because they have spent it all during this pandemic. They don't have time to, to go on vacation. And then and you may tell yourself, well, the hotels we're buying is really going to cater to the professionals. Well, nobody's traveling right now because technology has certainly proven that we can now work remotely and work, it, work very successfully remotely. So you as the landlord that has all these buildings that are now empty, these commercial buildings, do you really believe that these organizations are going to come back and fill these buildings with their employees? No, they're not. I have spoken to so many business owners that have anywhere from... 25 to 2,500 employees saying that we. the good thing about this pandemic is that we've now cut down our costs on real estate, on, on leases. Technology has proven and it works. People are used to having conference calls at home. We're watching TV and we're seeing news reporters. We're seeing shows where people are doing it in their basement and their living rooms. We're used to that now. It's like, remember back in the days when YouTube first came out? You're like, God, these videos are crappy. But now everybody's used to crappy videos. Actually, people prefer crappy videos than professionally edited videos that are cut with background music and, 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 and titles like the lower th- four thirds and intros and extra intros and, and outros. People don't want that. They just want raw video. Just like right now, People are used to working online virtually. So as an employer, if I had 100 employees, there's no way I'm I'm going to go back to that 10,000 or 20,000 square foot office. And analysts have also said that they are on the lookout. They are not buying any more commercial real estate because they also don't believe that these business owners are going to lease these properties any longer. So the new normal is so different in Western countries. It is so different. So now let's go back to Thailand. Before I get to Thailand, let's look at Asia. A lot of Asia has already reopened because they took a a firm ground and basically countries like Thailand, Taiwan, Bali was supposed to actually reopen. Uh, Well, uh, Indonesia and Malaysia, they were supposed to reopen. But they decided not to. They're going to shut down probably until next year. A lot of countries in Asia are shut down. But here in Thailand, unlike the United States, everything's open. Because masks are the norm. And they do contact, contact tracing with apps. And it works, because look at the the numbers. Thailand has been praised by country after country, article after article, and even The Who is, as part of their documentary series on this COVID pandemic, is going to feature Thailand as one of the countries that have done a wonderful job. In other countries, like in New Zealand and Taiwan, the president of Taiwan, Tsai Ing-wen, did a fantastic job but they're shutting down the country. But within a country, people are still traveling. People still have money. Because, as I mentioned earlier, is look at the cultural norm. The cultural norm in Asia is to pay cash, is to save. So they have these savings, where it's not like that in Western countries. Look back, if you can remember this, look back at the financial crash of 07 and 08, 09. What restaurants were still full? Chinese restaurants. Chinese restaurants were so busy, it it was like this recession at that time never happened. Because Asians have money. They're cash rich. Where the rest of the population was extremely poor. And that's what's happening now. So not just the fact that domestic tourism has skyrocketed I mean, exponentially, cities like here in Xiomtian, even Patia, Hua Hin, are doing these promotions to, to get these domestic tourists. But not just that. When Thailand is ready to open, which is probably going to be the time when the vaccines are out, which will be hopefully early, first quarter of 2021, the number one or the top demographics of travelers that want to come back to Thailand are Chinese, Indians, people from the U.K, Australia and New Zealand. They are chomping at the bit to come back, chomping at the bit. Where when you look at U.S. tourism, do you honestly believe that people are chomping at the bit to come to visit the United States? No, they're not, because the United States has now surpassed 6 million infections, and the Chinese tourists, the rich Chinese tourists that were going to California, going to Las Vegas, do you think they're going to come? No, because Asians are deathly afraid of the virus, unlike Westerners are. Westerners are like, ah, it's nothing. It's just going to go away. Where Asians are like, this is serious. What the hell is wrong with these countries like the United States, like the UK, where the infection rates just keep skyrocketing. And also Latin America. Countries like in Brazil are just skyrocketing. I'm not going to add, even though India is a part of Asia, but the management or the political climate is, they're not taking it seriously, and it's increasing significantly. Same with Russia. So they're not going to want to go to the United States, because you know what's going to happen? is because Asian countries are gonna say, okay, if you are going to go visit the United States, oh, and you wanna come back, we don't know if you're gonna be able to come back to the country. It would be a mandatory 14-day uh, quarantine or maybe more. Or maybe they, might even, maybe they might not even issue visas to the United States because of the infection rate. And that's not slowing down. The numbers just keep increasing daily. So now, you have a whole demographic of Asians, not just Asians, but people from other countries like the United States at the high infection rate that may not come and visit. How do you think that is going to affect American tourism? It's it's detrimental. It's going to really, really make a tremendous impact in American tourism. And a domestic tourism. How many people are really going out and doing stuff? Not many. Because you have 50% of the country which thinks that this pandemic is nothing. And you have other 50% of the country that, that takes it seriously. Says, yeah, I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not going to go to the movie theater. I'm not going to go to the bar and restaurant. So you have this dilemma. These, these two people keep fighting each other. Where in Asia where they've done it correctly, that when the vaccines come in Q1, Q2 of next year, 2021, that's going to flood the gates of Thailand, of Chinese tourists. I just want just to, they've been quarantined long enough, they want to get the hell out of there. And other countries are just going to flood to Thailand. So right now, this very moment we're in Q, we're getting yeah, we're still at the end of Q3, 2020. It is a prime time for an investor like yourself, a hoteler like yourself, to pick up these Thai properties, these hotel properties, because we have five star flags to little boutique hotels that are now willing to negotiate, where they were never willing to negotiate. We have these listings starting late last year and we were talking to a couple groups and they were not budging on any of these prices and now they are now they're willing to negotiate and they're calling it okay we're going to do a a pandemic pricing only i mean lowering properties 5 million 10 million 15 million 20 million off the asking price and you have nothing to worry about because when the pandemic is taken care of, where it's safe to go back out, the vaccines are here, Thailand is going to be flooded with tourists like you have never, ever seen because people want, they want to be back here. And he, and if you don't know why, it's like, why do people want to go to Thailand? Well, please listen to my podcast, but to give you some highlights. Number one is Thailand gives all the flavor of everyone wants. The big city vibe of Bangkok is reminiscent of New York, of Paris, of a, you know basically big, huge first-class cities, but at a fraction of the price with world-class cuisine. You're not just coming here just to eat Thai food. You're coming here to eat some of the best Chinese food, Japanese food, Indonesian food, Malaysian food, Italian food, Spanish food, it's all Middle Eastern food. It's all here. It's all here. So, and the shopping is world-class and it's cheap. Then you have the other tourists that also want to come here for the beaches. When you look at some of our beautiful beaches, not just our kind of our local beaches like Patia Jomtien or Hua Hin, but you also look at some of our islands like Koh Samui, Koh Phi Phi, Koh Penang. And Phuket. And then you go up north and you have a completely different type of tourism up in Chiang Mai, Chiang Rai. People want that because their money goes further when they come here. They know that their airplane ticket is going to be the most expensive thing. But the crazy thing is is that the promotions pre-pandemic coming to Thailand, you can get round-trip tickets as low as Two hundred, to two hundred fifty dollars round trip from Australia, New Zealand, UK, China, India. That low. We're flying to Las Vegas was still it got expensive. Remember back in the days, JetBlue and Southwest Airlines, you could do like fifty bucks, sixty bucks round trip. No more. It's expensive. Jeez, I remember one time I had a meeting. I had to. I'll uh, fly to the East Coast from the West Coast, and that's freaking $550. I was like, Jesus, it's freaking cheaper to fly to Thailand or fly to Taiwan. That's why people come here. People come here for the culture, too. You know what's happening is there is a there is a trend that's changing. Growing up, especially during, you know, if you look at the Midwest. Southwest and West Coast. Latin America has, and also like places like in Texas, along the, you know, Gulf of Mexico and Florida, these, that region was always very close to Latin America, where, you know, tip of Florida, you can fly to Costa Rica within a couple hours, you know, super cheap. So Latin America has always been the American flavor. Going to Mexico, going to Costa Rica, Panama, Dominican Republic, Honduras, going to all those places. But now everyone has been going to those Latin countries for decades and decades since they were kids. Now they're tired of it. Now the new trend is Asia. It's completely different. It is very, very different. The fastest growing cuisine in the United States is Thai food. And Asian food as a general is still more favored in more parts of the country than Mexican food. It's gaining so much traction. Look at how many freaking Chinese mala hot pot places are opening up. And they're still freaking busy. Conveyor belt sushi, Thai food, even Filipino food, which I'm not a big fan of, is now getting very, very popular and getting to the limelight of Americans. People want change. And that's why we're also going to see in the very near future... Because North Americans have never been a huge and lands have never been a huge uh, part of tourism here in Thailand, but we're going to see that very very soon. I am seeing more and more Americans and Canadians coming to Thailand each day. And lands slowly are coming but not as not as much. but we still have tons of Chinese and people from the UK and Australia and New Zealand. So when you buy a hotel and you're buying it at a bargain, when it opens up, Thailand will be flooded, your hotels will be flooded. Or if you're just buying another hotel in North America or the UK, their numbers can't promise you that because people are poor. People are up to eyeballs in debt. Or here in Asia, It is ingrained in our culture to pay off your house. Actually, the kids live with mom and dad. Save, 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 save. They save as much money as they can. Then when they get married, their parents on both sides will chip in to actually buy a home free and clear for the new newlyweds. Is that a custom in the United States? No. Is that a custom in Canada? No. Australia, New Zealand, UK? No. It's not the wealth here is astronomical you Thailand is not that little piss-poor country and if you think it is you are dead wrong been here for eight years and just in eight years I've seen so much growth here and so much change when it comes down to the type of tourism Thailand last year in 2019 had 35 or 34 to 35 million people. Just Bangkok alone had 25 million people becoming five years running the top tourist destination in the world, beating out London, England five years in a row. And that's one of the reasons why I no longer am too interested in Latin America. Of all Latin American countries, Costa Rica is the best place to live. Costa Rica is the best place to visit. 2019 they had 3.5 million tourists. Let's just round up and say 4 million 4 million in a whole country as opposed to 35 million in Thailand and Just 25 million of that was in Bangkok So you do the math More people coming here every single time every single trip and you have repeat tourists and also one of the great things about Costa Rica was when you look at the average stay of people going go to Costa Rica. It, when I first went there, it was like seven days. Then it went to 11 days. and Now it's close to two weeks. Here in Thailand, it's the same. People are staying here not just weeks at a time, months at a time, because their money goes so much further. So much further. Like I said, is that, okay, if you... If you're not looking at a five-star flag that's going to cost $165 million or we have another one for $295 million, we actually have another one for half a billion, that's fine. You don't have to buy a flag. We have little boutique hotels as low as $10 million, $15 million, $17 million by the beach or also in Bangkok in a big city or even Chiang Mai. But I recommend, just like where I recommend to live, if you're going to buy a hotel... It should be in Bangkok. Next one, it should be in Hua Hin. Those are my two favorite cities to buy a hotel. Why? Because Bangkok, number one, like I said, astronomical numbers. Number one tourism, five years running. 25 million tourists last year. Hua Hin, which is only two hours away drive from Bangkok, is a very beautiful beach and and it gives a flavor of everything. It's more for the higher-end traveler. So what's great about Hua Hin is it's not just about... If you look at like Phuket uh, and like Koh Samui or even Pattaya, a lot of those tourists are from another country and they rely heavily on people from other countries. Where Hua Hin... And Bangkok, you have a mix of both, especially in Hua Hin. Thais love going there. Thais do not go to any other beach city. They go to Hua Hin. They don't go to Phuket. Why? Because of all the deaths from the tsunamis, they're very super religious, so they believe it's a ghost town. There's ghost walking. And sometimes, yes, they'll go to Pattaya and Jomten because it's even closer, but they love Hua Hin. They love it there. And we have those listings for you. So please really think hard before you make your next hotel purchase in a Western country, whatever your country. And in. you really seriously need to start looking at Thailand. The numbers speak for itself. The trend speaks for itself. Everything about Thailand says, yes, this is where people want to go. This is... Thailand is on the top of everyone's bucket list. Why? Because it's exotic. It's new. Latin America, it's old and it's yesterday. Asia, it's new. It's today and the future. Europe, it's the same. They've been going to Europe since they're kids. They don't want to go back. They want to go to Asia. And then for the other investors as I was talking about earlier, that buys per unit. What does a million dollars buy in the States? Because I'm so familiar with the Southwest, like Arizona and Nevada, let's just use Las Vegas as an example, because obviously at one time, Las Vegas and Phoenix were the fastest growing cities in the world, or in the United States. Then a crash happened. Then it's still doing well. Home prices are still doing well because of lack of inventory, and you know, also historic low interest rates. But what does a million dollars buy? If I were recommending to an investor, I would say you should be buying on the strip or at least off the strip. You should be buying those condos. Why? Because a Las Vegas strip is basically like buying waterfront property in Newport Beach or Huntington Beach. They're not making any more of the strip. So you want to be as close to the strip or on the strip as you can because that's where all the action is. But here's the problem. $250,000, no, for $1 billion, I could buy you four properties that are one-bedroom units that are on the strip. Those one-bedroom units roughly rent for, at today's price, about $1,500 to $1,700 fully furnished. But do you know what the problem is? The average association dues for these properties is $500 a month. So if you're renting it for 1700 a month take out 500 from that. Now you got $1200. Now you got property tax you got to pay for miscellaneous maintenance which is not going to be that high because obviously these are great properties. But that's the problem. And the problem is is right now is who can afford these type of properties? Who can afford paying $1,700 today? Not many. First of all, who's coming to Las Vegas? Not many. I think that we're going to see maybe a slow exodus in Las Vegas too, where Californians are coming in, but native Las Vegas or people who have lived in Las Vegas may be moving out, maybe to the Midwest, because there's no jobs in Las Vegas. They don't know when it's going to reopen. Because Las Vegas relies on tourism. It eventually will get back there, but it relies on tourism. So I I would tell someone is, why pay a million dollars for four properties in a strip where you can wait maybe 12 months from now and you can maybe buy five properties for a million dollars? Because I do believe when the evictions come, these properties will be significantly lower in Las Vegas. So now in Thailand, What does a million dollars buy you? A million dollars, I could buy you 10 studio or one bedrooms, or a mix of both. 10 properties for a million dollars that rent out between three to $500 a month, depending on location. These are all brand new or within, or buildings within five years old. These buildings, the average association due is about 20 to $25 a month, and you pay it annually. And I guess, like I said, no property taxes. Property managers, all on-site. It's just a Thai thing. We have property managers on-site in every single building. First-class tenants, they're going to destroy your place. Buildings are immaculate. So let's just, I'm just going to reduce the number. You know, it, it, you know, even at three hundred dollars a month, you're looking at three thousand dollars. But you're almost going to net three thousand dollars a month. And again, that's very, very low, very low. Because these one bedrooms and studios in these condos rent from three to five hundred dollars a month. Some a little higher. I'm just going to make. I'm just going to bring down the numbers. You're almost going to net three thousand dollars a month. With better tenants and with better appreciation, where if you look at let's go back to the Las Vegas model, and then let's say right now today's market, it's fifty. Those 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 one bedrooms are really going to be fifteen hundred dollars. You know, last year they're renting for seventeen hundred. So let's just say fifteen hundred. Take away five hundred for association dues. And then you have some property taxes you, you have to pay quarterly, so let's just make numbers easy, and let's just say that each property let's just say you know $100 a month. So so you're going to net, let's just say, well also you have your property manager, which normally is about $100 per unit. So let's just say you're going to net about $800 a month from these from these four properties in Las Vegas. So now, that's $3,200. $3,200 and you only have four properties. As opposed to 10 properties in another country that has people with money, has more tourists, and has more higher potential for appreciation. And you're also more balanced in a portfolio because you have more properties, not just four properties. Because remember, even though Las Vegas Strip is big, there's not a lot of places that you can buy condos at $250,000. So you're almost neck and neck in income. But But what I see is future. The future of these properties in Thailand are going to exceed properties in Las Vegas or even in Phoenix. And now, especially now, if you're buying properties in Las Vegas... How do you know if that tenant, even though they've signed a 12-month contract, that they can be out of a job in the next two to three months, and then now they're not paying? And now they're, you're stuck with this non-paying client two, three, four, five months, depending on how long this pandemic is going to last for. Or here, there's no... I mean, yes, we are still under uh, an international... Lockdown in a sense of no international flights coming in the country, but everything is business as usual. Everything here is open. Buffets are open. They've taken precautions by putting those PVC clear glasses, uh, temperature checks, wiping everything down, social distancing when it comes to tables. Everything is open. Everything is open. Can you say that for any true American country, or even country, or even anyone in the UK? You can't because it's a mishmash of different things going on. Some cities open, some cities not open. This city is partially open, this city is completely closed. And it changes like every day. California changes every single day. New York, open the schools, close the schools, open the schools, close the schools. Oh, now uh, the gyms are open for now, but maybe it might close down. Uh, movie theaters... This city, movie theaters are open. That city, the movie theaters aren't open. Everything here is open. It's business as usual. It's as if nothing has happened. The only thing is different, you see everyone wearing masks. That's it. Taiwan, talking to my relatives, nothing has changed. Business as usual. China, largest population of people in the world. Yes, they may be lying in their numbers, but do you see another outbreak in China? You haven't heard anything about it. Maybe they're good at suppressing the news because it's a communist country. But you would still hear leaks because obviously there are other countries that have spies in these countries. You would hear leaks. Oh, yeah, China's numbers are completely a lie. They really have this much of an outbreak. But you don't hear that. You don't hear news coming out of China of massive outbreaks. It gets contained really, really fast. China's back open. I was talking to people that, uh, business relationships in Beijing, Guangzhou, Shenzhen, Shanghai. Everything's back to normal. Even Hong Kong with all those protests, it's back to normal. Taipei, Singapore, everything's back to normal. America, no. UK, no. Australia's, I think Melbourne just went back on quarantine. Australia is probably gonna reshut down. New Zealand's probably gonna reshut down, even though New Zealand only had like 13 new cases a couple of days ago. Western countries are in dire straits. And the new normal has changed the way we do business. It has changed the way we travel. It has changed the way that we are looking at investments. And it has to be a change the way that you look at investments. What happened pre-pandemic, those strategies do not apply to today. That's why you need to be looking elsewhere. And the thing is, is that, I mean, for those of you listening to this, you're business savvy, you're very well-traveled. Most likely you've been here to Asia. You've been to Bangkok, you've been to Hong Kong, Taipei, Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, Jakarta. You've been to Manila, you've been to Tokyo, Seoul, Beijing, Shanghai. You see the money. You see the wealth. You don't see that in Western countries any longer. All you see is people rising up saying, the the middle class is going away, the middle class is going away. People are drowning in debt. Where all of a sudden it's like, you know, you see people... uh, I see people telling me, it's like, oh my God, you know, 10 years ago, I would never see a Rolls-Royce Ghost or Rolls-Royce Don or even an Aston Martin, uh, you know, DB11 driving in some Asian city. Now you see them. And these these cars cost four times the price of any Western country. I mean, geez. A brand new, the brand new Vantage uh, by Aston Martin is about $130,000. That car here in Thailand is about 250 to300,000. A Ferrari Portofino, which is about $250,000 or 225 in, in let's just say in the United States, here would be closer to 400 to almost a half a million dollars. People can afford that. All I see when I read the papers in, when I read The Guardian for the UK, In the States, uh, you know, I read a number of different outlets. I read them all. CNN, Fox, MSNBC. I mean, I read them all. And when I look at personal finance and when I look at the quality of life of Americans, it is seriously deteriorating and they're getting poorer and poorer with horrible health care, with no savings to their name. And they're in dire straits, literally just looking in the mirror saying, oh my God, what can I do next? There's no end in sight. Well, here in Asia, there's lots of opportunities. I've told so many people, I said, don't go to Latin America. There's no opportunities for you. They're like, what do you mean? It's exactly what I just said. There's no opportunities for you. I don't care what line of work you're in. There's zero opportunities for you. They don't believe me. They go to Costa Rica. They go to Panama. They go to Colombia. They go to wherever they want to go. And they come back within two to three to six months later. Like, you're yeah, right. There's no opportunities for me. I said, that's why I told you to go to Asia. There's money there. Go where the money is. Isn't that just basically business... Advice 101, follow the money. The money is not in Western countries. It's in Asia. The money is not not in Latin countries. It's in Asia. So you have the time on this downtime. Please do the research, but we are here to help you because we have, there's a reason why we left Latin America, I specifically myself, Eight years ago to look at opportunities here in Asia and it took me a long time to really figure out this country because I don't I don't just want to hop in it and just jump at it right away I've been here for eight years eight years I studied this market not just in Thailand but also surrounding countries for seven years before I decided to jump into do business only started about a year ago publicly but I've been working with investors ever since I moved here. And you may see my podcast. You may see my social media post that these listings, these hotel listings only came within a year because I see the opportunities here. And as an investor, whether you're just buying units for rent or you're buying commercial real estate, like hotels, of all the countries, that I've looked at you don't want to buy in China Hong Kong or even Taiwan Korea Japan Singapore Thailand definitely don't want to buy in Philippines or Cambodia or Laos Thailand this is where you need to be this is where you need to start develop a portfolio and we are here to help you so if you have any questions please contact me we can certainly schedule a conference call uh, any information we need that we are going to release we need to have you sign an NDA first and we will properly our team will properly vet you and then we will take it to the next steps so thank you so much for joining my podcast and stay tuned for more episodes on the international investor thank you for joining me